I'm John Harrington. I'm John Regan. And the thing about us is, we're making a show called The Purdcast. Alright, so, welcome everybody to uh, the new uh, new project for me and John here at uh, Pups of Chili Town, BaconWayToys.com. It's our Parks and Rec discussion podcast, Purdcast. I can think of no better name, no better namesake than uh, everybody's favorite news reporter who's not on the series at the very beginning, Purd Happily. <laughs> you forgot the third name of our network, the Chief Pigum Network. Right, yeah. <laughs> Ch- you know, Chief Pigum Network on iTunes, Bacomway Toys Network if you're at our website, and Chili Town Popes if you're following us on Twitter. <laughs> We're a poorly organized network. But anyway, yeah, so we figured, uh, you know, we both really like Parks and Rec, and we wanted to do some kind of TV discussion show, and we didn't want to be, you know, like the usual kind of TV discussion nerds and talk about either what's on right now or The Simpsons. So we figured we'd go with uh, something we both really like, Parks and Rec. Also, there's very few other Parks and Rec-related podcasts, so figured the chance of competition was very low. Are there any other uh, Parks and Rec podcasts, or are we the I only one? I did discover at least one, and I'm not going to shit all over somebody else's podcast, because, you know, we're all just doing our thing. Yeah. But uh, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> you know, so, I don't know, who knows, maybe... Much like the actual show Parks and Rec, the other Parks and Rec podcast got better after its first episode. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, because I'm not going to find out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, we're just going to talk about the show in the order that it aired, and you know, just kind of, I don't know, talk about a show that we both really like. There's not much to it. So, without further ado, we're at Season 1, Episode 1, the pilot of Parks and Rec. Originally aired April 9th, 2009. John, do you remember what was going on in the world on April 9th, 2009? Um, I do not. We need I... a harp sound effect for a flashback for each episode. I should in the future look up these air dates and look up things that happened then. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, you know, that's the thing. It's it's kind of fun doing like, you know, this day in history, but it's so funny because it's only like six years ago and it's nothing particularly uh, interesting. Uh-huh. You know, the number one movie at the box office, Fast and Furious 4, setting a new box office record for an April release. Uh, number one song, Right Round by Flo Rida. <laughs> Everybody loves Flo Rida. And in the news, an outbreak of tornadoes began. Eventually, there were 85 tornadoes in the United States between the 9th and the 11th. And in international news, a small upstart group of Smalley pirates were thwarted by one Captain Phillips, who was then declared an American hero, despite the fact that Captain Phillips is a Canadian. (laughs) North North American hero. Exactly. (laughs) Captain Phillips, North American hero. Take that, Somali pirates. But Parks and Rec is not about Somali pirates. It's about a small town in Indiana, Pawnee, and its uh, parks department, namely their deputy director. Yeah, deputy director Leslie Nope. Yes, Leslie Nope, who uh, would go on to much greater things after this pilot episode. But uh, for now, her characterization is a little bit muddled. I can't really get a read on her. Yeah, she, uh, she's kind of an idiot, or maybe not an idiot, but she's you know. I think Anne actually says at one point in the episode she's a little bit doofy, but pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I don't know, they hadn't really nailed down what this character was going to be. She seems uh, oddly like nervous about performing like her duties and doing like a public forum, which would not be 
something that her character would have at all going forward. She'd be like the most competent worker in the history of government. <laughs> um, yeah, I could swear, like, you know, the first words out of her mouth, uh, I thought her voice was higher than it was in like later episodes. But yeah, then it, then I realized she was talking to a kid. So that's probably why. Exactly. You know? And that, you know, that's the odd part. You know, she she's introduced to you know, taking a survey <laughs> or, you know, asking a child to answer questions for, like, a Parks Enjoyment survey while the child <laughs> is just playing and not talking to her, <laughs> which is just such an odd piece of bureaucracy, which is kind of in line with what we know about Leslie No, She really does love the government and has a lot of faith in the government, but, you know, she's got to have better things to do than go to actual parks and take surveys of actual children. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and then, of course, she uh, gets called over by another kid who knows her name. Um, you know, he calls her Miss Nope. So either she's been hanging out at that playground, taking that survey for different kids, <laughs> or she's just a fixture on the playgrounds. <laughs> Not sure which one. But she has to push a drunk out of the slide, which is a fucking hilarious visual gag. A man asleep in a you know, <laughs> curved slide. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, do we have that clip of her... Uh, you know, shit, what clips did I give you for the beginning of this? She talk, you know, she, she's uh, delusional about, like, her role in government. She's pushing a man out of a slide and, you know, with a broom and comparing herself to Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi. Uh, I believe it's, uh, I believe this is the clip you wanted. Government isn't just a boys club anymore. Women are everywhere. It's a great time to be a woman in politics. Hillary Clinton, Sarah Palin, me, Nancy Pelosi... Yeah. So, you know, she's pushing a trunk with a broomstick out of a children's slide and comparing herself to uh, the female leaders of this country. All, you know, forget Sarah Palin. Whatever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's nice, you know, it's nice to see that even in the first episode, her feminism is totally uh, a plot point that carries over, you know, because that kind of goes on to define the show. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. She's. Uh, yeah, that is one of the few traits that they carried the whole series. Yeah. Which is good. Because, you know, know, you need need stuff like that on TV. Yeah. Like, you want character development, but it is nice to, early on, like, in the first scene, they establish her core value that sticks around the whole time. Yeah, importance of government, fucking feminism, you know. But uh, then, for the rest of the episode, they kind of undercut the importance of government by having everybody around her not give a fuck about anything. (laughs) Yeah. You know. (laughs) Uh, let's see, you know, I'm trying to think, who do you, you know, you meet, you know, the main cast in this episode, the next scene they go, they're in a, you know, the meeting trying to decide who's going to hold the public forum. One thing that sticks out like a sore thumb from the rest of the series, Ron Swanson is actually leading a meeting. <laughs> you know, that would not continue on for the rest of the series, so I hadn't quite figured out old Ron yet. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, Ron's leaving the meeting, you know, Tom doesn't want to do anything, Jerry and Donna are both there, and neither of them say a fucking word, and Donna's got her weird middle-aged fucking librarian haircut, like, <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck was going on there, I'm glad they, I don't know, just gave her a different hairstyle and let her talk at some point. Yeah, it's very strange going back and watching uh, these early episodes with the primordial Donna. <laughs> and and I don't think Jerry has a single line in season one. I don't think he gets to say anything until season two. Really? That, I'm pretty you know. well, like I'll I'm we'll have to you know yeah. keep track of that as we watch. But I'm calling Same it now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he says a single line in season one. 
gonna need like an alarm for when we get to the episode where he finally says something. It's like all he does in this one is like kind of grimace and look down at the desk when they ask him for you know for help. So the, the alarm sound effect will be the, the line that he has. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have a soundbite for that, right? What? <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, you meet Ron, and then he assigns Leslie and Tom to the public meeting, and you know quickly introduces Tom, who doesn't seem to give a shit about anything. And uh, not not the- only does Tom not give a shit about anything, Tom is borderline corrupt. Yeah, in, in this yeah, episode yeah. compared to later episodes, he is. Yeah. You know, he's seen having a phone call explaining. Uh, you know, if he gets a gift over twenty five dollars, he has to declare it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but you know. Maybe if you give the suits to his wife and they don't fit her, she can give them to him. She's like, that's, whoa. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> I also love that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they're at the public forum and Anne's talking and he does the fucking creepy, like, hitting on her thing. But he's, you know, she's like, are you really hitting on me right now? He's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm actually married, but... Uh, yeah, I'm just a guy that likes to get to know people, and you know, we know from later in the series what goes on. But in the context of the episode, he's just confessing to being a married man, fucking creepily hitting on somebody. Like, yeah, it comes off really weird. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're not aware of you know what kind of guy he really is. Yeah, he is a sleazeball in this episode. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Like yeah. no, not a little bit. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> no, not lot, really a little bit at all. <laughs> a, lot, a lot sleazeball. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, no, it's you know. Really, really odd. They'd go on to clarify exactly the nature of Tom's marriage and Tom's, you know, attraction to Anne in future episodes. But, uh, but yeah, that, you know, initially, it's like, no, I'm married. I'm just, you know, saying these things to you. Yeah. Well, no, that, you shouldn't be saying anything because that just really makes it seem even weirder. Like, yeah, this, like he's marrying, hitting on people. He's, you know, accepting gifts he shouldn't be accepting. Like, yeah. Whoop. If he said, I, he said I'm married, but, but it's an open relationship, then that's, you know. One, a bold-faced lie, and two, explains why you're still hitting on her. But you know, to just keep hitting on her while you're married men, that's just fucking weird. Uh, but yeah, and you know, Tom, his whole thing, besides being corrupt and fucking creepy, it seems like he's just there kind of to antagonize Leslie. Like, he doesn't really, you know, I mean, I don't know, it's Leslie's episode and whatever, but. You know, he just kind of doesn't give a fuck about anything, and then, you know, she eventually falls in the pit, and he's just like, hold on, let me uh, let me take some pictures of you, and he tries to give out upskirt photos of her to everybody. Add, like, adding back to the sleazeball. <laughs> like, man, when you stack them up like this. Yeah, you know, real, real strong start for Tom, you know, who Leslie seems to think is a friend of hers. You know, they sit in the same office, which I always just thought was funny. And, you know, she's, <laughs> what did she say? She says... You know, yeah, you know, Tom and I work great together. We're both outsiders. You know, I'm a woman. He's a he's a Libyan, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Then cuts to him. Yeah, I'm from South Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So she thinks highly of him, and then he just fucks with her the whole time. And yeah, that even that even carries through to the very end of the episode. They just start fucking getting drunk on champagne, and he (laughs) lists all the things that they get her to do when she gets drunk. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tried to convince her to fax somebody a fruit roll up. Uh, we got her to make out with the water delivery guy. You know, we dressed. She dressed up as Batman, not Batgirl, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and I convinced her to go outside and try to fight crime. <laughs> yeah. So 
<laughs> yeah, Tom, uh, initially, it seems that all he wants to do is fuck with people and, you know, take gifts and creep on girls. So, <laughs> kind of an odd start for Tom. <laughs> and I can't remember if it's in episode one or episode two where he starts, um, where he starts inviting uh, vendors and calling in favors and things like that. Was that this episode, the first no, one? No, that's, that's the second episode. Okay. But, I mean, we can just fucking you know, make it Tom chat. Yeah, he fucking calls up, like, all his, you know, quote-unquote guys. You know, he has a guy for everything, which is fucking hilarious. He's, you know, <laughs> calling up his sod guy and his landscaping guy and then his sandbox and monkey bars guys. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe down the line you can hook me up. <laughs> yeah. I would love to have a hookup with a monkey bar guy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, uh, apathetic and corrupt. So, good start for Tom. <laughs> But he's also, you know, strangely hardly working. I mean, he packs out the the public forum in the second episode with, uh, granted, with his own guys. Yeah. But you know, he uh, he runs away from doing, you know, doing the canvassing, and then runs back to, you know, <laughs> calling in favors and calling all his guys. So, yeah. you know, he kind of does his job. But uh, well, let's uh, let's go back to the first episode, though. We have a we also get to see the introduction of Mark Brandanowitz. Yes, you know, who... Which is a name I've not heard in a long time. Yeah, as uh, as people that watched all of Parks and Rec, he disappeared from the show after the second season, and the show was better for it. Yeah. Because uh, Mark, you know, he's got his moments, but he's like the straight man character that the show, you know, just I think eventually realized it didn't need. Yeah. Like, he's just, you know... When they first introduce him, he's, you know, just kind of, I don't know... I say he's, you know, a jerk to Leslie, but really he's only being realistic about, you know, what she's asking for. He's just naming all the things that are going to stand in her way to building a park, but it just makes him sound like a uh, kind of government-hating, you know, guy. Yeah. You know, not really a dick, just, you know, a guy that knows how annoying it is to deal with the government. But, and I was very intrigued at the end of the episode when Mark calls in a favor from Ron yeah. I don't think they ever explained what that is. No, that's you know one of the, I think the great mysteries of season one of Parks and Rec, which we all <laughs> love so well. Yeah. <laughs> Ron just owes Mark a favor, and you know they even have the thing where Ron says, "You know, you want to cash in for this?" <laughs> and it's like, "Yes, I do." So, you know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, how things work. It's just illustrating how things work in the Pawnee government. Mm. It's favors based, but. Uh, more realistically, they just didn't have anything. Or, you know, maybe they could have made a callback to that eventually. I don't know. Well, you know, because now I'm thinking about it, Mark is the one that knows about, uh, you know, later on in the series, he knows about Duke Silver. That's true. But then again, if he but he's cashed in that favor, so him telling people about Duke Silver later means that he's like a dick. He's, well, so yeah, that, makes that, him, that uh, does make him total dick, which, you know, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, somewhat in line with his character. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, <laughs> Leslie's talking to him and she's like, you know, come on, you know, Mark, can you do, you know, do it as a favor for me, for old time's sake. <laughs> and he, that look that he gives her is just fucking great. <laughs> then she explains that, you know, they slept together and then it cuts to him and he's like, Leslie and me? No, no. Wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> what kind of dick doesn't remember that he slept with somebody? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've never like forgotten that. Like, no, seriously. I mean, you, you know, granted, I mean, yeah, you, you know who you've had sex with. You don't fucking space that. Especially that stuff if you out. see them every day for like five years at your job, yeah, right? If, I if mean, if you fuck somebody you work with, you don't forget that you fucked them. Like, 
you know, it's just it's just how it goes. <laughs> Man. But yeah. So, you know, yeah. Tom, kind of a dick. Mark, kind of a dick. Ron, <laughs> you know, not clearly defined at this point, but uh you know, he uh Ron's things is you know, apparently he hates the government. <laughs> You know, which is nice. You know, he compares it to Chuck E. Cheese and says how much he'd rather work for Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> they have, I love his line, they have an impeccable business model. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's, what Chuck is a Chuck E. Cheese business model? Isn't it just open a um, Chuck E. Cheese? Like, fucking, that... <laughs> it's pizza and robotic concerts. <laughs> and, you know, I think he actually does say something like this in one of the later episodes. He says, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it'd be like, just like Chuck E. Cheese. If you want to play in the park, you know, throw in a token, go down the slide. <laughs> throw in a token, look at a duck. <laughs> like, so I think he likes token-based games and also pizza and robot concerts. I love I love the first part of that quote from this episode. My dream is to have the entire parks department privatized and run by corporations. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, he's great. But yeah, and, you know, he also, you know, he's... <laughs> He's like showing the stuff off in his office. He's got the sawed-off shotgun on the desk, which is great. And then he's got the gigantic poster of Bobby Knight, which I th- you know I think that you know Bobby Knight is to Indiana as like Tallahassee is to Florida for people in Hollywood. Like it's just shorthand for fucking Indiana. Mm. Like I don't think people in Indiana actually like Bobby Knight as much as people think they do. Like Bobby Knight's a douchebag and. You know, he won a couple of, like, college uh, basketball championships. But, like, I don't think anybody looks up to Bobby Knight. And Bobby Knight comes back up later on in the series. You know, Ron but, acts like him when he's coaching a basketball game. <laughs> um, could it just be that, you know, maybe they do love Bobby Knight. It's just that we're outsiders of Indiana, so we're not aware of their love for it. Right? might be true. I, you know, yeah. we're going to need to take a poll of... You know, native people. You know, people native to Indiana and see how they actually feel about Bobby Knight. I know a guy. I'll call in a favor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just I know a guy. You, you want to cash in your favor on this? <laughs> you know, yeah. How do you feel about Bobby Knight? <laughs> oh, well, I'm rather indifferent towards him. Good, good. <laughs> but uh, no, it's actually funny. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but when Mark's doing his little like talking head interviews, he's sitting in his office, and in the background, you can see Ron. Doing stuff in his office? Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice that. Ron is dunking a basketball and <laughs> also, like, just cocking his shotgun repeatedly. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, oh, okay, well, there's a little window into Ron's office. <laughs> He's just hanging out, like, swinging a basketball around and also rubbing his gun. Like, <laughs> you know, okay, cool. <laughs> I guess they would let the, the basketball thing go later on, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then um, in terms of people that are on the rest of the series, you meet, you know, Anne, who is, you know, nice and well-meaning, but ultimately somewhat boring. She, you know, I guess, I mean, Anne's role in the whole series is really just Leslie's best friend slash kind of voice of reason. Hmm. So, you know, she's just, uh, I don't know, kind of there for other characters to play off of and to react to other characters. She's like the Frank Grimes of Parks and Rec, you know, right off the bat, she recognizes the ridiculousness of all these characters. <laughs> and then you also get to meet Andy, and Andy is definitely significantly more whiny in this episode. Yes, than I remember him being. And he barely says anything. One, you know, <laughs> it's kind of funny because if I broke both my legs, I sadly feel like my wife would turn into Anne in this situation. <laughs> like I would just be in like a area of my own filth on the couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe not using a spork tied to the end of what looks like a drumstick for a scratching stick. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like I would be just as needy and also kind of whiny. <laughs> See, I'm this way without having broken my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, I need my scratching stick. <laughs> this is the window into my life is what this episode um, is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I like, uh, you know, when it, Leslie beats Andy, she's talking to him like a fucking like, sick child. Like, <laughs> hey, there he is. Hey. You know, Pawnee's little hero. The man heard around the world. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> uh, and yeah, you know. Apparently, Chris Pratt initially was going to not stay around for the entire show. Whoa. Yeah. Like, uh, apparently, you know, in the credits it says guest starring Chris Pratt, and they really meant for the, like, it to run its course by the end of the first season and him to go away. Huh. Which is just fucking bizarre to me. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, obviously they figured it out, and they figured out they had somebody really great on their hands, but, like, man, can you imagine, like, the rest of the series without Andy in it? It would no. just completely... I... Just I probably have stopped watching it at some point. Exactly. I probably, wouldn't I probably would have never gotten into it. I fucking love Andy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then they briefly introduce you to April, who doesn't really do or say anything in this episode. She just kind of plays off Tom a little bit and doesn't really talk. Um, you know, apparently there's a deleted scene where she explains how she got her internship with the Parks Department. And oh. It, it was, she forgot to, like, apply for anything and they just assigned it to her. <laughs> So, so, going to show the high level of motivation on her character. Um, and then, yeah. Anybody else from the main... Ca- no, that's that's the whole main cast, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Quiet, yeah. Di- quiet Jerry and Quiet Donna. Everybody else with their, you know, slight dickishness. And Leslie just kind of... Just not getting it. You know. <laughs> it, it's weird. Like, I can't tell in the, in the episode if she just doesn't... Like, if she, she just, you know delusional about like her role in government i mean she's talking about you know building this park and she says you know this could be my hoover dam (laughs) (laughs) it's like yeah sure it can (laughs) it's it's like a one block long lot that yeah just no that's it's you know it's pathetic like (laughs) it's really it's a small town you know with a little one block lot like yeah yeah. but you know i I just think she doesn't quite, you know, she's she's obviously motivated, but in this, like, first episode, she just seems kind of, you know, like Anne says, a little bit doofy, because, <laughs> you know, she's she's really wide-eyed, she's not real, like, she doesn't have that Amy Poehler energy yet, which, you know, it's good, because they let her eventually show that on the series, but, you know, she's sitting there when Anne's suggesting they do something about it, and she's like, yes, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do better than that, it's, it's more than a promise, it's... A pinky promise. Like, she's, you know, <laughs> she's weird and reserved. And, you know, she just seems to think that, you know, this park is the best idea ever. And, you know, it could be the most important thing she ever does. Which, you know, then she also talks about the other stuff she's done, like leading a citywide drive to disinfect sandboxes <laughs> after we had a problem with all those cats. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah, it seems that she doesn't quite understand the importance of her role in the government. <laughs> At least that's what I was getting from watching the episode. Can we? Like, I want to sidebar for a second. Can we rename the podcast to "A Little Bit Doofy"? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> she's a little bit doofy. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, that, that can just be the title for season one. You know, <laughs> not quite like the rest of the show. It's a little bit doofy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's sweet. So, uh, I don't know if you... Did you watch that series from episode one, or did you like get into it later? No, I, I didn't watch it initially, because uh, whenever it first came out, it just didn't look very good to me. And I was real into The Office at the time. Mm. And I just, you know, I think like a lot of people, I looked at it and was like, well, that just looks like some shitty ripoff of The Office <laughs> made by the same people. It can't be a ripoff because it's made by the same people, but like, yeah, that just looks like a less good version of The Office. And so I didn't get into it probably until like season three. I think the first episode I watched was uh, the one where they go to Indianapolis and Anne thinks Chris is uh, cheating on her, but it mm. turns out they'd already broken up, <laughs> you know. Which I think that's what just sealed it from me. Like, well, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> See, but, I had a different experience with the first season. I actually, I did watch it when it first aired, and I really enjoyed it. But right. I think that is because my whole life, my family's always been involved in small town government. That might do it, man. Your dad is the city manager. Yeah. And yeah, so... You might just... You, you, know. you watch these town hall meetings, it's like, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> like, like, you know, I know those life. guys. Yeah. <laughs> My dad comes home complaining about those guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I watch the, the city uh, commission meetings on TV, and there are those people. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're very yeah. real. The guy at the uh, public forum saying something like, yeah, because the chief of police is a ninth degree <laughs> Freemason. <laughs> and then it cuts back to him. It's like, and now I've got a few thoughts on Laura Linney. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, okay, Barry, sit down. <laughs> yeah, I really wish that happened at like all city, you know, government meetings. Like, it does. Some guy, <laughs> some guy comes forward with something that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> nothing on the docket. Yeah, I think public meetings have been a strong point of Parks and Rec. Whenever they actually have to get out and get the public to stand up and say something. I think it's usually pretty fucking hilarious. <laughs> you know, both in the first the first episode, not so much because it's just kind of setting things up. But the second one, you know, the the meeting does not go well, <laughs> and then just from there on out, like anytime Leslie's got to sit on stage and just listen to people talk, something always something funny always fucking happens. Yeah. But yeah, um, no, that's the thing, and you know, I don't care much for the first season. I whenever I'm like watching the show, I, I watch the show all the time. I usually fucking fall asleep with it on Netflix or something. I usually don't go back to the first season. I started the second season or at like the last episode of the first season, the rock show. Cause that one's great. But, uh, mm. yeah, it, you know, I think as pilots go, it's a pretty good one. You know, it's got, it's got the framework for the show pretty much laid out. They just needed to make the characters a little bit like, you know, a little more enjoyable. Cause like if the whole show had just been Leslie, you know, being kind of, like a little bit doofy and a little bit doofy about what it is she does for the government while everybody else just sits around and laughs at her for it. You know, that would have been, wouldn't have been very, uh, you know, that would get old fast. Exactly. So, you know, they made the changes they had to, you know, Leslie became hyper competent and everybody else had some fucking growth along the way, you know, and it was the great show that we all like, you know, Oh, and you know, fucking, uh, I don't know anything else about first episode of the show. No, I think we about wrapped, covered it. Yeah. Stray observations, random quotes to you know throw out there. Let's see. I'm looking through my um. I'm looking through. I'm going in. Why? Don't worry, I have a hard hat on. <laughs> that's the whole clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, and I think that's what I think I might have seen this like when it first aired and just fucking ignored it because 
I was reading about it, and when it first aired, it aired between two episodes of The Office. And mm. I think just seeing the somewhat lame gag of Leslie falling in the pit, I was like, okay, well, this is stupid. Yeah, because, you know, it's not that hard to not fall in a pit. <laughs> like, you know. Whatever I, you know, I know. Even if you know, even if I, I don't wear, fall in a pit every day of my life. <laughs> I'm saying, and even as a woman wearing high heels, like my wife complains about that all the time. There's hills in Tallahassee. You know, we go walking outside. If she's got some kind of heel on, she's like, "Oh, hold on, I gotta take off the shoes before I walk down like this three foot, you know, embankment." I'm like, "Okay, cool." You know, <laughs> so you know, I get maybe falling into a pit, but I also think, you know, if you're gonna, you know, traverse a pit. Take your shoes off real quick and then don't fall into it. Like, there's no reason for her to have fell into the pit. That's my thoughts on the weak scene of the pilot episode. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, that's the pilot episode. And then, second episode, um, you, know, call, you know, first episode's called Pilot. Second episode's called Canvassing. Because they're going to canvass the area and talk, you know, talk to all the locals and get them to come out to the public forum and you know, approve of the parks project. Um, what'd you think of this one? I, you know, so in the second one, you do actually get to see a good amount of, uh, early character development happening. Yes. Like when they're canvassing, Leslie has her crazy binder. Love the binder. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie's binders do become like a, an infamous thing. In the yeah. Series. <laughs> that is a staple of the show. <laughs> uh, I think I've got the clip of, uh, you know, the one, the, I think it's labeled celebrity. The one of Tom reading what's in the binder for if you encounter somebody who looks like a celebrity. <laughs> if the person looks like a celebrity, example, Jack Nicholson, use this to help your pitch. Example, you can't handle the pit. That's why we need to turn it into a park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, classic Leslie thinking things out to the, you know, just last possible degree. Yeah. Oh, and there's also I also uh, just fucking go ahead and play the clip of them doing the Easter egg hunt. <laughs> well, one of the funner things that we do here in Pawnee is the annual Easter egg hunt. Tom hides the eggs, and I have to say he did an exceptional job this year. I've been searching for 25 minutes and I haven't found a single egg, and I'm an adult. Oh, yeah, I forgot to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Classic Tom. Not working very hard. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's the whole thing. Tom doesn't work very hard. He forgets to hide the eggs and just doesn't fucking tell anybody. But then, you know, he also calls in a bunch of cronies to, you know, fill up the public forum later in the episode. So I guess that's kind of what Tom does. I love how he talks to his cronies. Like, I wrote down um, him saying, are you going to commit to this meeting tomorrow or are you going to be a bitch? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> With real emphasis on bitch. <laughs> Uh, you know, as somebody who's uh, had a professional job, you just can't talk to people like that. No. <laughs> so it's a good thing it's Tom's, you know, monkey bars guy that he's talking to. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, you know, what goes on in this episode? They fucking, they go out and they ask for people to come to the meeting and then, oh wait, no, first and foremost, you meet Leslie's mom. Uh, yeah. Um, she who, is stone cold. Like, yeah. Ah, ugh. Yeah, you know, what do they call her later on? She's the like the iron bleep of Pawnee. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the oh iron sea word. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she fucking, you know, I can't believe just how unpleasant they make her mother. Like, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, you know, because you don't know it at, at, like, 
this moment, but like, you know, Leslie, apparently her father died when she was young and she was raised by her mother. And so she really looks up to her mother, but like, man, why wouldn't her mother be more warm or like, you know, just inviting to her? Like she, you know, she goes to her office. It's like, Oh, Leslie, you know, or no, she says just fucking, what do you want, Leslie? Yeah. Like, and then, you know, says like, don't wait in the doorway. It's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's just what? so fucking weird and Ooh. cold. Like, I don't know. How, how does Leslie grow up to be a fucking well-adjusted person with that as her mother? Well, yeah. I guess at this point, she's not that well-adjusted, right? It could be that it's a, uh, her sort of doofiness is an overcompensation for uh, growing up in such a stone-cold household. That's true, yeah. Yeah. You know, and that could be the reason why her mother's so cold is because she raised a weird doofus of a daughter. <laughs> you know, she says in the episode, she's like, yeah, I always say there's nothing wrong with, you know, like, you know, you can be a successful woman. And that's why I tell her there's nothing wrong with being a wife and mother. <laughs> like, oof. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. Jeez. You know. Just quit your dreams. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Fucking, I mean, oh. you know, if, if that's your aspiration, that's great. But you know, Leslie's clearly somebody who like really wants to do things for the, you know, for the good of the people. And you know, if she ever actually said that to her, it's like, oh god, you, you know, you just don't get it. Why do you work for the government? Like, <laughs> she's some high, she's some high up person in like the school board. Yeah, you know, like, you know. but yeah, I, I like Leslie's description of her. Oh yeah, she's uh She's as respected as Mother Teresa, she's as powerful as Joseph Stalin, and she's as beautiful as Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, which, and funny, too, because that would not be the last time that her mother's mentioned in connection with Joseph Stalin. <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, that's for a later episode, though. <laughs> but yeah, so um, Leslie's mom is you know cold and just off-putting. And then, yeah, they canvass the neighborhood looking for support for the park. They meet the locals and, you know, can't get anybody to fucking get behind it, which, you know, I guess, you know, early on, I guess the attitude of the show was going to be, you know, kind of like, you know, parks or like just, you know, government work is somewhat futile and thankless and, you know, you can't really serve the people. I'm kind of glad they eventually kind of got away from that. Like eventually she could, you know, they started actually being able to get things done Granted, they got you know, got it through a lot of opposition, even you know throughout the series. But like, I don't know. Just the early episodes seem to be like, yeah, nobody wants this park. Yeah, and, you know, you're bothering people by even asking them about it. Like, it's just ew. yeah, it's basically civic engagement. Ew, the cast <laughs> just being constantly shit on the first couple episodes. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, and then they just meet. You know, I guess it's also an early sign of the kind of people that make up Pawnee. You've got reasonable people who aren't going to fucking get involved. You've got also reasonable people who are going to get offended and then get involved going the wrong way. <laughs> uh, and then you've got the just, you know, fucking weirdos and creeps like the pedophile the guy. The pedophile guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's alert. That oh, man. is so good. Yeah. Is the park going to be at least a thousand feet away from my house? Because I, I really don't I really, want to move again. Yeah, I really can't move again. <laughs> <laughs> Get behind me, April. <laughs> uh, you know, all three of them, you know, April, Mark, and Tom having the same reaction, like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, just, you know, just so matter-of-factly, oh, this man is a pedophile. Uh-oh. <laughs> and don't they just, they just kind of leave without giving him a flyer? And Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to put you down as a, as a maybe. Don't put him down. <laughs> 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 
Uh, it's gonna be a swimming pool or a playground for the kids. Oh, how old are your kids? No kids. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but yeah, and then uh, speaking of kids, Leslie goes over to that woman's house and says, "Like you know, you don't care about your kids if you don't support this park." Which uh, you know, I don't have kids, but I know enough people to do that. If you want to fucking offend somebody, bring their kids into something. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's there, one of the golden like rules of social interactions is. You like you can make fun of your own kids all you want. You cannot make fun of somebody else's kid. That's or even or even bring them into something yeah. that doesn't involve them. Like the kids are just there. You know, don't fucking say anything about her kids. You know, that's it's everybody's right to raise their kids or be shitty to their kids in whatever way they want. Case in point, Leslie and her mom. <laughs> and you know, just don't bring uh, don't bring people's kids into this. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, whenever you know that woman turns on Leslie and turns up at the meeting, it's not all that surprising. Because, uh, you know, you piss somebody off, they're, uh, they're going to turn up and try and ruin your meeting. <laughs> also, that woman, for some reason, knew the phrase environmental impact study, which uh, <laughs> I thought was funny. Like, she, you know, she goes to the meeting and fucking, you know, just brings that up. I'm like, does she work for the city? Because that, <laughs> that's a phrase that comes up more than once in the show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you also meet the city manager, who Ron doesn't seem to like, and does, like, the fucking back thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, um, I don't know. Second episode, you know, it's all right. Not a, not particularly hilarious. Do you I have do. the sunscreen clip? Did I give you that one? I do, but before that, I do have the clip of uh, when Leslie's pissing off that mom. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> oh, actually, no, I'm not really a fan of parks. Very noisy, barbecue smell all the time. <laughs> Would you change your mind if I told you that Nine out of ten meth users said the same exact thing. What? <laughs> I love the follow-up part to me is the best part. Like, how do you know that? It's like so oh, yeah. we we surveyed crystal meth users. Yeah, we took a took a survey of meth users. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that yeah, you know, that's just Leslie thinking on her feet. Yeah, just not really, uh, not really doing what you got to do. Not she doesn't do so hot when she uh, deviates from the binder. I think. Yeah, the, you know that's, that's the thing. The but she doesn't do so hot with the binder. She just fucking <laughs> reads out of it until they close the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just goes to show she's gonna stick to her guns, even though her guns are clearly failing her, and nobody's interested in them. Let's see, so, I got the sunscreen clip here. Yeah, that's just them getting started at the uh, of the canvassing. <laughs> I've got some uh, sunscreen for your beaks. Tom, you probably won't need any. <laughs> yeah, there's that, you know, Tom's, uh, I don't know, skin or race or whatever comes up in both episodes. First episode, he's mentioned that, you know, he's a Libyan, but he's not. He's from South Carolina. And then she, you know, thinks that maybe he won't need sunscreen. He, you know, he's not black. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure even if you are black, you still need to wear sunscreen every now and then. So, yeah. yeah. She's kind of, uh, you know, definitely not racist, but a bit doofy. <laughs> I think that's going to be the episode title for this one. Episode one and two. A bit doofy. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, yeah, what else happens in this one? She, you know, they go to the, you know. They do the city or the meeting with the public. You know, Leslie has the idea to you know bring Andy out as like the sob story for the whole thing. <laughs> That's our ace in the hole. You know, we can just wheel him on out there. He's like a cute FDR. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I love then, I love uh, the scene earlier in the episode where 
they're supposed to have been canvassing, but uh, you know, Mark and Tom and April all gave up and Oh yeah, they, they all just get caught playing rock band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with that song by Lit. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it's such a good like rock band song. <laughs> like, uh, it's karaoke staple and just you know, that's right up Andy's alley. Yeah. <laughs> Singing the song, the cars in the front line. Bass, come on, man. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and yeah, it's a good thing they kept Andy around because he's just great. Oh, yeah. Show needed a show needed a big man child to sweeten it up after these first couple episodes, <laughs> and then Andy's got good moments in the, uh, at the public forum. They're taking questions, and the big fucking weird guy stands up. It's like, yeah, I got a question. Not so much a question, more a comment for the guy with the cast. And Andy's like Andy's awful neighbor. Like, oh yeah, here we go, Lawrence. You know, Lawrence lives with his grandma, which. You know, he takes care of her, so I guess that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Simultaneously making fun of somebody and then also, oh, well, yeah, I guess that's nice. (laughs) And uh, fun fact, that fucking weirdly proportioned man that plays Lawrence also appeared in Jurassic World alongside Chris Pratt. Huh. Yeah, years later. I'm forgetting who he plays in Jurassic World. He is the first guy to get killed by the Indominus Rex. Uh, he's oh like the, yeah, one of the security guards. He's the guards. fat guy that just sits there guarding, you know, guarding the cage, and then when everything goes wrong, you know, he just fucking gets chomped. Huh. So, yeah, you know, he shows up for a couple more episodes in the first season, and then just uh, kind of goes away, which uh, it's a shame because you know he's clearly just one of those weird locals. <laughs> you know, him, I would like to see him and Andy just getting into it all the time, or have him be like a rival musician. Yeah, you know, Andy brings up his band. You know, yeah, I play rock and roll. Guilty as charged. I'm in a band. It's called Just the Tip. <laughs> uh, and later on, you learn that Andy changes his band name all the time. So, Just the Tip is a great starting point. <laughs> that's what she uh, said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is, and that's what she said. Damn. But yeah, and then um. Yeah, she, uh, let's see, they, they do the meeting, and Leslie has to filibuster her own meeting to avoid them taking a vote to, like, just ruin the whole Parks Project, and she has to filibuster and just talks about nothing, and, uh, you know, apparently that impresses her mother. Yeah. Fucking something, like, I, yeah, I literally can't read the end of the episode, because, like, her mother's so fucking cold and weird, she, you know... She sits down at the public forum. You know, she comes to the public forum one, so you think, okay, she's interested. That's nice. And then Leslie comes out and says something, and you know, it's kind of not going well right off the bat. And she like turns to somebody and smiles and says, "This is going to be a train wreck." <laughs> it's like, okay, so you hate your daughter or just want to see her fail? And then by the end, she's just sitting there like smirking at her and nodding her head. So, what? is the read on this. Like, <laughs> based on the way these shows were made, you assume that it's like a nod of, you know, appreciation and respect. But it could also be just a nod of, you know, I don't fucking care because I'm your mom and I'm, you know, weird and off-putting for the episode. You know, I'm kind of glad her mom didn't stick around for most of the series. <laughs> yeah. You know, she was a pretty terrible that. character. Yeah, it's just, you know, I don't know, just oddly written. She, you know, that's the thing. It's, you know, I'm not saying, like, they're terrible people or anything, but, like, you know, like, her, her mom and, like, Mark and, <laughs> you know, just, they're just people that are, you know, 
either jaded or just fucking tough to read that, you know, they don't fit with what the show becomes. Eventually, the tone of the show just goes way more upbeat and, you know. Yeah, it just just, goes very goofball. Yeah, it just doesn't need those characters. (laughs) It goes from a little bit doofy to very doofy. (laughs) Yeah, but doofy in the best possible way. Yes, yes. You know. And that's the thing. It's not necessarily, you know, Leslie becoming more doofy. The fucking, you, you they pull back the curtain and reveal that the town around her is the doofiest place of all time. <laughs> so, you know, there's uh, there's promise early on in these episodes, but, you know, the first couple, they just, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're just that. They're the first couple episodes of a show. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Leslie's thoughts on the future is pretty, you know, she mentions people flying around in space taxis and communicating on watches and then everybody will blink their feelings to each other. <laughs> you know, I don't know what that means. We've got, but well, we're one for three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She, she's one out of three. No space taxis, no feeling blinking, but she did get, you know, communicator watches. But, you know, at the same time, so did fucking like Dick Tracy back in the 50s. So I don't know if we're really giving her a point on this. But, uh, yeah, so... Anything else on these first couple episodes? You know, just opinions, fucking, you know. How do we feel about the first couple episodes? Well, you know, I do tell most people if they haven't seen the show before, I tell them just to jump straight into season two, don't bother with season one. I usually tell them just seriously pick it up at uh, the last episode of season one, The Rock Show. Yeah. Because that one just, it kind of, it has a way better idea of what everybody is in the the series. And Mm. it, it, it just shows you, I don't know. It's, like I said, it's just more indicative of their behavior, and it, it's got kind of the more, you know, what would become a more, like, kind of setup that the show would go to. Yeah. Leslie goes to a meeting thinking some, it's one thing, it's actually an old man that her mom set her up with for a date, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Everybody else gets together and does something else, they enjoy a rock show, Andy's awesome, and, you know, everybody just has a great time. It's that kind of show. You know, something political happens, everybody else has a great time, you know, that's the show it would become. That's the show we like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to talking about the show. It's you know, it's good to I don't know revisit these old episodes, but really, I can't wait to get into the good ones. Yeah, <laughs> man, you know, this show really hits its stride in season two and then into season three. It's a shame. I always tell people like, oh, season three is great, and it's only like 15 episodes long. <laughs> like, oh yeah, crap. I keep forgetting that the rest season was really short. But anyway, that's uh, that's the first episode of the Purdcast. Um, <laughs> if you like this, take a look for us on Twitter at Parks and Rec Pod. You can find us on uh, iTunes Purdcast. Um, if you're searching on Twitter, definitely don't search for at Purdcast because some other asshole has that handle, and I'm upset about it. Damn it! Uh, yeah, it's inactive, and I there's no rules for Twitter giving me the inactive handle. Um. And then, yeah, go to our website, BacomAwayToys.com, for this, and also for our Game That Tune video game music discussion podcast, and our, you know, currently defunct, possibly re- resurrected at some point, Chief Pig'em Pop Culture <laughs> podcast. Um, anything else, Johnny? I think that's uh, all of them. Excellent. I, I was about yeah. to say the winner of this week gets to pick the theme for next week, but... <laughs> <laughs> nope. Wrong show. Damn it. That's the other show. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll give you a hint. Next week's theme, episode three and four of Parks and Rec. <laughs> I do like so. this pace of, for the at least the first season, doing like two episodes uh, in one. Oh, podcast. yeah. No, once once the episodes get a little bit more meaty, 
and there's just you know a little more uh, laughs to go around. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It'll uh, you know we'll obviously be talking longer, and we'll probably get other guys to come on the show with us. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be good. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Podcast. You know, stay tuned. It's gonna be fun. This is a podcast on the internet. You are listening to <laughs> us talk about parks and recreation. <laughs> The story about this podcast is that it is on the internet. You know, uh, you know, I cannot wait for the first appearance of Perk. That needs a fucking like alarm to go with it. That's like a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just Perk. Bird. You know, Bird's first appearance you know, as a straight face news reporter. Fifty minutes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at jgangsta187. And follow John on Twitter at JP Regan Jr. And uh, yeah, you know, just hit us up. We'll be back next week. So, you know, I, I like to tell people, you know, get on board and buckle up because my ride's going to be a big one. And if you get motion sickness, you know, put your head between your knees because Leslie Nope's stopping for no one. <laughs>